0: Trade Talk is back for the new year. Welcome back. We are in season 3. That's kind of crazy. I didn't know I've been doing this for 3 years. But that's fun. Happy New Year to everyone. Excited to be back. Excited to do new episodes. Before I get into all the new episodes and new content, I have to do what I always do every year when I wrap up. What has happened? So, what I'm going to be talking about today is the 2020 biggest losers in the portfolio. I like to always focus on what the losers are because we always talk about what we got right, but we don't talk about what we got wrong enough. So, to hold accountability to ourselves, we should always make sure to reference what we got wrong. So this episode is going to be a slight recap of what we saw in the year of 2021 I'm sorry 2020 and um, most importantly it will shine a light on the stories that caused the losses that we took. So to begin let's start off with the losses. So 2020 was an interesting year as you know. We started off at highs, then a crazy roller coaster ride down to the bottom losing well over 25% of value in the S&P and the Dow only to bounce back now in 2021 to be at all time historic highs so crazy but through that time it wasn't so much losing money during the pullback that killed anything in the portfolio it was more so trying to find in time how the PPP program and stimulus payments were going to roll out and affect companies that had lost their value after lockdowns. So the first company that really got me, and I thought I would be right on this because I didn't like airlines at the time. Um, I know everyone was, you know, I know a lot of people were like, buy an airline and just hold it forever. I, I get that, but, you know, travel will not be at the rate it was I, I, I bought an employee a ticket for $22 uh, the other day $22 to, to fly a major airline that, that is absolutely crazy uh, and someone would say where to from um, New York to Orlando for $22 and no it was not for one month out two months or a year out it was four days out <laughs> so the, you know, the dollar menu flights are still around. So I don't think airlines continue to hit their numbers of profitability or anything of that nature. I think they just, uh, I think they, they they continue to miss guidance for a few months. But that's not where I had the issue in losing money. Where we had the issue in losing money was in Boeing. So I had done a lot of research on Boeing and and I saw that they were making their claim to the Trump administration. Like, hey, we need money. We, you know, we have a lot of commitments and we have a lot of planes that need to be delivered we need money so i took the flyer on boeing buying some call options thinking that within the next two months they would hit their price target i can't give you the exact number anymore because that was a while ago but if you look at the episode it's titled boeing you'll see i uh called those options and got obliterated (laughs) goodness gracious um Thank goodness, you know, I did own some airline stocks and those were steady going up Boeing missed its mark, then missed its earnings. Did it miss its earnings? I can't remember if it missed its earnings at this particular time. Uh, The the very fine details are are not important at this point. It's more about just um, being accountable for the loss and that loss was heavy. And I didn't put a hedge on the loss because I couldn't foresee Boeing going down federal government was perfectly fine with giving them money then they turned around and said they don't need the money it it was just a it was a mess of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth so i read that one wrong got caught up another worthless one that i've had for now two plus years is gopro which uh, i will be cutting that position um i'm gonna cut it against some gains in 2021 i don't really care for what the position is i no longer add to the position i just take the beating. Um, it's not so much that you lost a ton of money, but it's that it. we bought into it at about $5, and it's only about $8. So I call it a biggest loser because I, I've tied up a lot of capital, and that that messes up my... Um, it's opportunity cost, right? If I had the money somewhere else, I would have made better money. So that's why I consider it a loss. I don't consider it a gain, even though I will make a gain, but... I tied up a lot of money into it. So it's a loss to me. Uh, I got burned a bit on Tesla. And um, Tesla's issue that got me was... I overestimated how weak it would be. So I estimated that it couldn't go on another run because... It had a lot of short-term debt within the last five years. And much like Netflix, Tesla has no rhyme or reason as to how strong it is from a fundamental standpoint. Obviously, from a technical standpoint, it makes sense. Obviously, from a consumer sentiment standpoint, it makes sense. But the fundamentals don't make sense. So I I didn't dig deep. I've always been right on my shorts on Tesla, but I don't hold long shorts on Tesla, I usually hold them based off of what debt is maturing and if they can actually uh, pay it off. So my fault there is not digging a bit deeper and finding that balance, but it's okay. You know, sometimes you make those mistakes and you learn from them. Uh, It would have been great to run it all the way up with uh, everyone else going up to what, almost $2,000 a share, but I did not catch that. So I'll be looking for another entry I know everyone is writing call options on Tesla, and I think those call options are still valid. I think you can write those call options well into um, two years. We still have interest rates at a perfect place where people can finance cars very easily. Capital One is going to be doing well over the next few years. So I like it. You know, I I can't sit here and say I don't like it. So I'm going to get involved much more heavily. I look forward to it, and I'm happy about it. But those are the losers for the year and where I underperformed. But most of all, let's talk about just a little brief wrap-up that references episodes. And in those episodes being referenced, you will also see that it'll give you a backdrop as to how things will be covered in 2021 on this On the podcast, we're still going to have direct recommendations and direct things that we're trading and ideas, but I want to cover this because let me give you one last standing uh, cumulative presentation of what is to come so we can continue forward. I think the thesis still remains the same. I don't think anything has changed just because it's 2021 and we have a Biden presidency. Actually, I just think uh, it inflates even more. So We had this one episode on June 15th that said the willingness to accept higher prices. Uh, Willingness to accept higher prices is what's going to be a – it's going to be definitely one of the biggest key factors to a systematic recession. And it always happens this way. It happened in um, the late 80s with overvalues and pricing. Um, in the 2000s with the dot-com overvalues and pricing, 2008 overvalues and pricing in real estate how can you tell that this is happening? You can generally tell that it's happening because corporations are taking on more debt while making less profit most people don't see this but again this is a macro, I'm sorry not a macro no yeah, it's a macroeconomic indicator excuse me and if you were to catch it you can start seeing that it's going to start trickling what will cause a a, a dramatic correction. I think people will say like a correction. of It's going to cause a recession. And you have two perfect examples that show this and that is in AMC movie theaters and you have it in Hertz. AMC is the more current example but Hertz is the previous example which shows it to you. When we were in the first two years of the Trump administration or going into the third year, uh, leverage buyouts were a big thing. A lot of private equity firms were buying up some of these companies, taking them private or buying buying up a competitor and maintaining their public uh, trading status with the new asset under their control. So you already know the story of Hertz. I think I told it, but if I did not tell it, um, I'm not going to tell it in this episode, but it is relevant. The, the The simplicity of it is that Hertz had a fleet of cars when they bought Dollar Thrifty. In buying Dollar Thrifty, they decided to do it all on a leveraged buyout with no cash, all debt, and then took the cars that they were buying as collateral. Well, when you had a repricing of markets as a whole, which would also reprice used cars, Hertz got itself into a jam. Even though they did the calculation and said, hey, like, you know, we would have to have a 20, 30, 40% correction before any of these cars would be in danger of losing their value as collateral for the debt we took. Well, what happens when you run into some of these situations in which you have a very aggressive pullback where it's a recession or very strong correction. They tend to hit these obscure numbers that your actuaries think like, okay, that can't possibly happen over and over again. That's how it happens when we have these recessions and these pullbacks. And in Hertz's case, those cars lost their value because the fleet had to be repriced for the pullback in markets and they had a technical default. So you have AMC now, in a more recent case, and this is again, willingness to accept higher prices. Sorry, let's take one more step back. So Hertz overpays for thrifty, because you have, you can buy it all debt, etc. So you, you, you took up a willingness to accept higher prices on something that probably wasn't worth as much. But again, you'd have to listen to the whole detail of How the whole deal was done, this isn't the place for that, but you get the general idea. AMC's issue is, again, consumers are willing to accept this higher prices that AMC wants for issuing new stock. The company is pretty much at the verge of bankruptcy. They can't get the secured creditors to allow them to refinance the debt unless the secured creditors just want to be paid off. Debt's a Yielding 10% or better for their corporate bonds, which means the bonds themselves are junk. So how do you think they make this work? They make it work by going to the public markets, the equity markets, and requesting to issue more shares. The SEC gives them approval. They issue 90 million shares. And they issue them maybe at like $3, $4. And people out here are stupid enough to buy it. The bonds are trading for junk and people are buying um, new issued stock that adds more stock to the outstanding number that's already there, people are buying that. Keeping the company alive, allowing them to finance, sorry, allowing them to retire or at least attempt to retire the hundreds of millions of dollars of short-term debt that is looming out there for them and hopefully get to go back to markets to refinance new debt to keep them alive. Sorry, not refinance, but finance new debt to keep them alive. Excuse me, sometimes when you're talking about all this stuff, it can get jumbled. Again willingness to accept higher prices, The consumers, investors, everyone's willing to accept higher prices and that is foolishness. Even with so much liquidity in the markets, and I have like young friends who we all talk about cars and things. American cars are going up in in value and price. People are willing to pay even more for a Dodge Charger, a a, a, a Hellcat. I don't know who makes that one, but uh, I think it's a Dodge, a Hellcat, or I um, I don't know Super B or something like that. Forgive me for not naming them all right. I I don't know. Uh, those cars pretty well. But all I'm trying to say is American muscle cars, sports cars are going at premiums because of willingness to accept higher prices with excess liquidity in markets, right? So I give you those two base cases of Hertz and AMC. And we haven't even gotten to housing yet, but we won't cover that here because it's not meant to be a long episode. The other thing about What's going to continue in 2021 much like higher prices is no yields so people are going to get riskier and riskier in the episode in march march 27th i talked about no yields are an element that will cause a recession what i was speaking about specifically was that there was no yields in the corporate and municipal bond market and what did the federal reserve say they would do, April 12th, they said they would buy bonds, specifically non-investment grade triple B, double B bonds. You see how, again, you'll artificially inflate prices and people will have to willingly pay it because they want yield. They're buying that so that the yield stays stable, and those yields are that 10 to 15-year maturity I was speaking about in a prior episode. So hopefully people are kind of catching this narrative and seeing where things are going because that's what the real landscape is. And if you can see it, you'll know how to navigate moving forward. Oh, my goodness, I forgot. An honorable mention in this episode that I forgot to speak about was Dean Foods, Yeah, that stock hasn't played out well yet. It's actually lost value. However, I'm still convinced it will do what I want it to do in terms of just getting a consistent profitability going on and raising in price. I continue to buy more shares of Dean Foods. I'm comfortable with it. But I did need to uh, talk about it because I know a lot of people have asked me and they've gotten uncomfortable or it's been beating them up. And it has beaten me up, too, man. It, the drawdown on my position is not fun. But uh, in the end, I know that is a $100 million trade. Just have to not only hold it, but you can see that politically. Democrats won the Midwest this year. They're going to have to give those farmers exactly what they want. No different than when the Republicans won. Did they do it fast? They did not do it fast, but they will they have to, and I'll be right there waiting, buying more shares at cheaper prices. I'm comfortable with it. That concludes another episode of Trade Talk. I thank you guys for tuning in. We're dropping more and more episodes over the next day or two so that uh, we can get everyone up to speed and start the new year off. You know I don't like to do episodes every week or on a timed schedule. I like to do them based off of when I am clear on a thesis. So I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. LA ACO out.